Gus, you know what is one of the scariest things on the planet? Spiders. Mm, no. Um, you get two more guesses. Two more guesses? Yeah. Feet. Mm, no, but I do have an irrational hatred for flip-flops. Like, I think that you could, like, there's only a couple scenarios in your life where you should be wearing flip-flops, and it's, like, the beach and the pool. Yeah. Um, I hate the feeling of, like, sand in my, like, shoes. Like, on your, yeah. Or, like, on my feet. So, like, if I go, if I go to the beach, mm-hmm. I'd rather just be barefoot than wear flip-flops. Correct. And right? feel the sand, like, between your yeah, toes, like, on the flip-flop. I don't know. Like, I don't love it. I hate that feeling. And I don't know if it's correlation or causation, but it seems like the people who wear flip-flops also have the nastiest feet. Correct. They always have the dirtiest feet. So, I don't least. know if it's, like, their feet are nasty because they wear flip-flops. Right. Or they wear flip-flops because they're unashamed of their nasty feet. Or both. Or it, both. It could it be could both. Be, it could very well be both. Okay, one more guess. One more guess. Um... The open sea. Yes. <laughs> Correct. The open sea um, and basically everything that comes with it. Right. Yeah. I was... How, how many like undiscovered shipwrecks do you think there are? How many, how many bodies are at the bottom of the sea Dude, to never be found again? For like... Especially like back in times where like there were logs of ships like that set out to sail and just never made it to their right. to their final destination at a time when like you didn't have like surveillance planes to just like and fly over the ocean and look and it at was a just time like, oh, when ships not here okay they're all dead so at, at a time when your your starting point yeah knew that you left mm-hmm. and they would never know if you got to your destination right like these these journeys across the sea yeah were most likely, my guess would be like once in a lifetime type things. Oh yeah, you go from one point to the other, and yep. you're not coming back. And you're because yeah. that's it's going to take you months. Right. It'll and not only will it take you months to get somewhere, it'll take even more months for the message to get back that you maybe didn't make it. But also, like, why would they? And unless what, you had family where you came from, why right. would they even mention that? And they would. It would be a lot of work for somebody to send like a letter ahead of time mm-hmm. via ship. Correct. Saying, hey, we are expected to be there at this time on this day. Right. <clears throat> the amount of communication that would have to happen makes me think that there's probably a lot of ships at the bottom of the ocean that nobody ever remembers remembers or yeah. knew about or knew about or even like where the destination might not have even known you were coming. Right. You'd have to like you'd have to do so many like You'd have to go to like old like logs of like like shipment shipment logs, right? And like right. see like okay, from this country's shipment logs, they have this ship leaving, arriving here at a set date, and then you have to go to that country and be like, okay, this shipment log of this ship supposed to arrive. Like you'd have to do so much like cross examination of like different sources right. to even know and like s- what a full ship log would look like. The same applies to the people on those ships. Correct. Unless you saw the, unless you saw the log, noting who all was on the ship, right, where they were from, mm-hmm. who their, I guess, like next of kin were, right. How many people were lost at sea and nobody will ever know it, no yeah. one, or no one ever knew it because 
you would expect with like a journey like that, if you were to, if you were like, hey, Dom, I'm leaving, I'm going on this journey across mm-hmm. the ocean in a, right. in a wooden boat, right? Yeah. I'm just assuming I'm not going to see you again. I'd be like, Gus, you've been a great friend. Good luck. Good luck to you on your journeys. I hope yeah. everything goes well, but more than likely... We are never gonna. I hope we are I hope never day, gonna see each other again. I hope one day to see you again, but I will. I will put no weight in it. Right. So yeah. it wouldn't be abnormal for me to not hear from you ever again. Correct. Yeah. I just also, wouldn't know like, what happened to you. And like, right, like, like, why would families like? Here's how your family finds out. You don't like if you're coming back to your family, like if you've been out sailing for years and years to make money. And you send, say you send out a letter saying, hey, I'm in Spain. I'm planning to leave in a month. I'll see you in two months' time, right? That's their, that's their form of communication is that letter. And they get that letter and they go, okay, great. Two months from now, I'm going to see my whatever, husband, son, brother, whatever. Two months come and go. Don't see him. Another month comes and goes. Don't see him. Your only option is either, oh, he's dead or maybe he sailed somewhere else. He did something else. But if you and never get like you will only ever know through word of mouth. Yeah. If you even get that opportunity like Correct. oh I I heard that name once. I heard this is what happened to him. He got yeah. he got stranded in some port somewhere and decided to start a family and join their village. Yeah. He got, or <laughs> his shipwrecked and there are no survivors. Correct. There's not much in between. No. You know? There is not. Um I just think Overall, uh-huh. um, any any movie about mm-hmm. the open ocean, yeah, is already a horror movie. Is already my, just in my book naturally kind of scary. Yeah, yeah, especially in the time that it takes place. Because again, yeah. it takes place at a time where there is like there is no way to communicate with anybody outside of who's on the ship. Dude, even now, I've seen these videos like come across my Instagram mm-hmm. of ships just getting fucking tossed around at sea these big old waves that are taller than the ship that are like engulfing and yeah my brain can't even comprehend the fact that these ships stay afloat right i mean i get it it's weird to say it made more sense when they were made out of wood right like you want me because you want me to try to explain to you how a cruise ship works right i can't do it well right because you know wood is naturally buoyant right right but yeah cruise ships made out of this massive hunks of steel and metal and all kinds of other crazy shit, and it just floats around like it's nothing. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that works, Dom. And I what kind totally of sorcery is that? Yeah, what kind of witchcraft? Who's who's? What shaman's going to the boat and saying a br- blessing over it to make sure it doesn't sink every time it sets right. sail? Oh my god! Um, this is a long-winded intro to get into um, the last voyage of the Demeter. Yes, it sure is. Which is. Uh, for those of you who have never heard of the Demeter, that is the fictional ship um, on which the captain's log that kicks off Bram Stoker's Dracula yes. is based on. It's a fictional ship within this world that in the first chapter, and from what I read about the actual book, the whole book is written as like letters or as like a form of like written communication that someone else wrote to someone else okay. or for someone else. So the first chapter of, of Bram Stoker's Dracula is the captain's log from the, from the Demeter, just presented as, you know, uh, like date-stamped, you know, messages to whoever ends up reading it. 
But this whole entire movie, a two-hour-long film, is based off one chapter. And it's kind of of, of the the original Dracula. It's it's kind of bookended that way as well. Right. It it starts mm. similar to you would expect the chapter of a book. Yeah. And it ends very open-ended. Right. Um, I think we can we could probably try to avoid spoilers with this one. There's a lot yeah. there's a lot to unpack without really needing to go into huge detail, huge amounts of detail with right. the story. I think so. Um I I was already so I, I hadn't even heard of this movie when you had already seen it once. Yes, right. Um you texted me and you were like, Hey, I went and saw The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Yeah. And I was like, what is, what is that? What is what the hell? What, is, what, is, what, movie, what is that? What movie did you go see? I was shocked you hadn't actually seen hadn't the trailer Hadn't even heard of it, it, dude. Yeah, which is crazy. So at that moment, I looked up the trailer and I was like, oh yeah. Yep, gotta see this one. Yep, interested automatically. Interested yeah. automatically. Mm-hmm. This And like, this is the type of movie, especially during, you know, the, the season of summer blockbusters. Mm-hmm. This is the type of movie that is... Is kind of it draws me in because of the way it flies under the radar, right? Um, and you even mentioned like, yeah, this is probably one of those movies that the studio like had ready. They're just dumping it out while while theater season is still upon us, right? <clears throat> and that and that it kind of seems like that. Not that not that it seemed incomplete or anything like that, right. but yeah, you could see this being a way of like, oh, one last one last effort to to bring folks into the box office, yeah, before school starts, before, before people, right. Are, are off vacation time and, it's that, and whatnot. Right. It's that weird movie that gets like not a ton of press, not a ton of like pre-release money thrown its way, and then it just kind of comes out. And if you didn't happen to catch the trailer, that you might never even knew, know it existed. Yeah, I don't think and, a lot of people were necessarily seeking this one out. No, no. And part of that is because the, the Universal spent zero time building it up. Like right, putting any right. sort of any sort of uh, any sort of effort into like making it something desirable to go see, like making it out to be this movie that people should go see, and it's been reflected in the box office. It's also been reflected by reflected by critics, which kind of confuses me because the whole time I was sitting there watching this movie, both times now, all I could think of was like, this is really well done. Yeah, like top to bottom, it's a really well made movie. And there's not anything like particularly wrong with it for right. me to be like like for me to think that critics would dis- despise it as much as they have because critics are like kind of ripping into it a little bit in many it's, different ways. It's interesting you mentioned the box office because it really is not even making a dent in its budget and it kind of no. it kind of sucks. I think I read today um, budget of around forty-five million, yeah, and it's grossing like eleven million right now. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's not a lot. It's they're not going to make their money back with this no. one. No, they will not. Um, I, I wasn't disappointed. Like it was right. It's it's not a perfect movie, and no. we'll, we'll kind of get into some of the issues that I had with it. But mm-hmm. it was it was entertaining. I think it it deserves a watch. Oh yeah, I think that. Well, I know that. The Twilight era, yeah, really did a disservice to vampires. Hundred percent place in monster movies in the in and the in, yeah. in horror film, um, right? In the just in film in general. Now right? between between this and between something like Midnight Mass, which I need to rewatch immediately, which is one of the um, yeah, just the prime examples of great yeah great vampire like, horror. Vampires are kind of making a comeback in. 
monster films. Yes, and, in a way. And, yeah. In a good way. In a good way. Um, in a really good way. It's kind of getting back to the horror roots of this story that's essentially as old as time. Right. It's one of like the it's like one of the oldest oldest uh like sources of horror and dread is a vampire. The the succubus is what they used to call it. Like right. back in like the like sixteen, seventeen hundreds they were writing stories about like these kinds of creatures that preyed on humans at night. And I think part of what's so part of what's scary about it is there are a lot of like there are a lot of monster tropes, so to speak, that the right. vampire encompasses. Yes. Whether it's, yeah. you know, the the desire for feeding on human flesh, whether it's the right. fact that they only come out at night. Right. Whether it's the fact that they at some point in some way or another tend to disguise themselves in right. plain sight. In human form. Right. In some for- sort of human form. So all of those things that are kind of features of individual monsters across right. the spectrum all kind of come together with yeah. with vampires. Right. Um, and, you know, everybody, I think, is at least to some degree familiar with the character of Dracula. Right. But not a ton of people are familiar with these kind of individual tales right. that are told about him as a monster. Right. The nice thing about how they kind of... The nice thing about the direction they take Dracula in on this story, too, is like... It's so much different from like how people know Dracula to be. Like Dracula deals in like the art of seduction. Like seduction is like a huge part of of his story, of his overarching story across all the different times the the story of Dracula has been told. Seduction is like this big thing. Like he's always this like seductive creature who pulls people in. And in this interpretation of Dracula, he's just a straight up mon- like he's just a monster. All we see him as is a monster up until the very end when we see him take somewhat of a form of a human being. Well, it's it's kind of cool to see like the beginnings of Dracula because like to the people he's on the ship with, he doesn't need to seduce them into anything. They're trapped on a ship right. for a month with nowhere to make port. So why do the seduction thing? You're just a you're just a monster that needs to feed on some people. Just. Have at it. No reason to. No reason to be full on Dracula. And with no choice but to have somebody on night watch, right? Like, right. there's always going to be someone available to him. Yes. Um. One of, and we won't get into too many specifics here. One of the things that actually bothered me that was kind of addressed, um, to a degree, was this version of Dracula was also very, um selective right with how he wanted to feed and who he wanted to feed on right and at what times and part of that is you have to you have to kind of build a a monster that feels like he is hunting right right? it can't and and there was actually a really good quote in the movie um from one of the characters who she basically said don't make the mistake of thinking of him like an animal. Right. Right? Because they're they're trying to figure out like what is this thing? Is it a right. is it a man or is it a beast? Yeah. And she says don't don't make the mistake of thinking of him like an animal. Because right. if if you do, if you think of if you think of Dracula as just trying to survive, yeah. you're going to be severely outmanned. 
Right. You're going to be uh, right. Well, one, you're, you're, you're not. Be, you're not going to give him the credit that he deserves. Right. You. Yeah. Right. You're, you have to give him a little respect. Right. You, you have some to respect on. You his have name. to. You do. Um. And so that's that's kind of an interesting, uh, detail about this version of Dracula. The other thing is, it almost seems like. I, I won't say that this is a inexperienced Dracula because right this this vampire has been around. This Dracula Forever. has been around for hundreds of years at this right. point. Right. But he still seems to be learning from right. the people that he's hunting. He's right. he's learning how he's learning how these people interact with each other. He's learning how they speak. He's learning Well, I think he's honestly their habits and maybe that is because of what he wants to become. I think he's only doing that just to make sure they get him far enough so he can make it to shore like he's not he's not doing that other than he knows as long as he rations them out the right way they will get him close enough to the shoreline of england that he can make it inland before the sun comes up right like his sole purpose as a hunter is to just make sure just enough happens along the way in order to get where he needs to go that's his entire goal throughout this entire movie it feels like and that was also somebody else's goal for him. Correct. Was to get him where they wanted him to be, or at the very least, far away from them. Right. And so right. You, you, you'll you get a little bit of backstory with this movie about why, mm-hmm. why he's on the ship, right. how he got there, who sent him, and why he didn't just kill all of them, right. too. Right. Um, but you also, you also get the sense that this is a creature that has killed... Entire cities, entire countries, oh, yeah. potentially. Right. Where he's he he wants to go somewhere else because he has nowhere. The the, the world nothing, that he's in is already right. too small for. There's him. nothing left for. There's him nothing in that left world. for him. Right. And right. so he's he wants to go out to see what else is out there to right. see how else he can yeah to antagonize to, mani- to manipulate and antagonize an right. entirely new group of people. Right. And I love I I forget like how much of the Dracula story takes place like in Romania versus in England. I'm pretty sure the entire thing takes place in England other than the, the captain's log first chapter, but it is like, it is an interesting like position to put Dracula in. And also like there is some, like you said, you get some background um, as to like his origin in Romania but instead of and instead of showing us, they just kind of tell us. And I know, like we we talk about showing versus telling a lot on this podcast. I actually think the idea of just having someone from the same place as him tell us what he's about, as opposed to going off the ship and doing like a cutaway, yeah. to a different. I think it it keeps you kind of locked into that that. Uh, um, claustrophobic feeling of being in one place right surrounded by water like if you go back to scenes on the mainland it kind of takes you out of that feeling of of being trapped and of, of being in these close quarters where you have no option but to just try and survive the night because what the hell else are you gonna do well and you it have goes no other options it goes back to also this just being a chapter in the story of dracula right right like there's right. there's a lot of story left to be tell, told mm-hmm. and there's a lot that has happened up until this point yes um i agree with you it is almost better and i'd rather in this case i'd rather be told about dracula by someone who is very familiar with him right rather than 
some weird montage of how right. he has spent the last two hundred years. Like, someone who is someone who was given to him as a sacrifice. Right. Like this this woman that appears on the ship was given to Dracula as a sacrifice to like keep him out of their village. Right. Which is insane. Yeah. That's just such a cool well, little thread. And it, it also I think it shows his intelligence in a way. Yeah. Because yeah, he's hungry for human blood but he's also wheeling and dealing out here oh yeah he's an intelligent creature and that that makes it even more terrifying because he knows exactly what he's doing right the nice thing is um like you you get just enough of that idea of his how manipulative he is and how cunning he is but ultimately the version of dracula that we see is a very like stripped down like vampiric monster version. Yeah. And I think it, it it kind of again it kind of plays into the characters that were given that are actually on the ship. Characters that don't need to be coerced into making mistakes and right. falling victim to him. They're characters that are just standard shipmen who work on boats and They're seamen, Gus. They're seamen. Sorry. They're standard seamen. Seamen. S E A M-E-N. Oh, well, thank you for spelling it for me because that's not how I was spelling it. Um, They're seamen who... (laughs) Say it again. Who just honestly... And it's not like they even make mistakes and fall victim to them. They're just like doing their job most of the time. Right. They're just like doing things they have to do and then they get fucked up because Dracula's hunting them anyway regardless of if they're going to fall into the... Fall into like... He doesn't even set traps. He just kind of... He's just kind of there hiding in the shadows, waiting for that opportune moment. And there's some really cool imagery with him and, and the way there they, is. they utilize the, the lighting and the, the darkness of the ship. A lot of cool, a lot of really good use of shadows and like candlelit scenes. Yeah, and that was actually one thing most of, I don't know if it was truly shot with natural light. I'm sure that it wasn't. Right. But the only light that you see in the film is... From the moon, the sun, and the candles. Right. There's, and it's it's fitting for the time, but also it's important that they did it right because right. sometimes it can get a little out of hand. You know, trying to be trying to balance artistry with lighting versus right. practicality. Practicality. Um, right. And I'm glad they didn't go too overboard with right. with artificial looking settings it all it all seemed it all seemed very real very real um like the whole set felt very real and and on a when the whole movie is set on a ship Mm -hmm. and we we've talked about entire films being set in you know a single house a single right location a small location and right a lot of times for horror um that is used very well for the favor of the director, right? Like right. it's it's easy to create. I don't want to say easy, easy but it's it, a little it, easier to create horror in a small space, right? And we see a lot of times horror films that get a little too expansive, mm-hmm. trying to reel in and create those small spaces. Right. So it's it's nice to have this setting throughout the entirety of the film, right? There are a few times where I don't want to say that it feels unnatural, um, uh-huh. but there are a few times where I guess the, the setting is also just 
convenient, right? Like, yeah. oh, we're on a ship, the weather is bad, so I'm not going to hear this guy scream when he gets killed by Dracula. Right. <laughs> and it's like, okay, but you can also, and this will be a theme, I don't need to explain it to everybody, mm-hmm. but you can hear like banging on the wood across the ship. Yeah, yeah. But you're not going to hear this guy screaming because he just got his throat bit into. So there's there's a few, a few moments like yeah. that where you're just like, oh, must be nice. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't necessarily take away from it, but yeah. there are still some of those like classic horror movie tropes of like mm-hmm. people just kind of making poor decisions at times. Yeah. Right. But again, like you said, it's because their focus is just to do their job. They're trying right. to get from point A to point B. And they also yeah. realize pretty quickly that even all even though all this horrible shit is going on, yeah, they don't really have a choice. There's nowhere to stop. Right. There's and literally nowhere to go. And they even mention at one point, you know, we're our closest port is London, and that was their that was yeah, their destination. That was their destination. Basically right. saying we're going. Like we like have to. We we don't. We we could try to to pull off right. somewhere, but our closest port is our destination. Yeah. So we're just going to power through this. Right. I think one thing the movie does really well is it, it plays into the idea of like all of these people struggling to believe what people are telling them is happening which is kind of why so many of them fall victim because why would you, but like someone's like, yeah, there's a monster on board and you go, yeah, how about shut the fuck up and stop (laughs) being a child? Like it makes sense that people would think that about their current situation and it would, it would make more sense to them to just rationalize it as just this weird thing that's happening, but it's not going to affect them because they're, they're, you know, they don't believe in ghosts and goblins and, in things that, that, you know, hide in the dark but in, at night. In in kind of in contrast to that is the fact that they're on a ship, which is traditionally one of the more superstitious, right? You know, locations. Right. Seamen are very superstitious. Yes. Um. And Seaman. so, yeah. No, I said what I said. Seamen. Seamen is very. Seamen. Seamen. Seam. No, not is. Are. Seamen. Seamen are. Are. C-men. Yes. M-E-N. Or M-A-C-man? A well, C-man. A, a individual. Seaman <laughs> also is. Just so you know. We're, so we're talking about the people, just to make this clear. Yeah. We're talking about the people who work and live on ships. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha, so, okay. So I anyway. maybe, but I wasn't sure. They are... Either superstitious or mm-hmm. they are religious or a mix of both, but they right. refuse to believe that they are being hunted, being hunted by, by something by that, something that's not human, by something that also goes against like both of their like even like very religious people. The very religious people don't believe in 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 like these creatures that aren't 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 in some way of the earth, right? Right, and people who are superstitious. They believe in bad luck, but they don't necessarily know what like the bad luck leads to, and it's never something that takes a physical form. Right. It just means you're gonna some. It, they just think something bad is gonna happen. That then it doesn't extend past that. Mm-hmm. So they can't like, they can't see past like their own limited viewpoint, which is in the end what gets a lot well, of them and in it's, trouble. It, it, it's almost in. It's almost an ancient way of thinking for these people, right? Where they if they can't explain what they're seeing and if they can't explain what they're experiencing, they're going to come up with some reason why it's happening. Even if it's something as 
seemingly naive as saying, well, there's a woman on the ship. So, of course, this is going right, to happen. Right, of course we have bad luck. There's, right? There's so, a woman on the ship. I think I think just that relationship um, yeah. and, and that kind of mindset of disbelief yeah. um, makes a lot of these characters kind of interesting to follow whether or not they get to a point where they're going to oh, yeah. realize what's actually right. happening. But I think mm-hmm. that... One one aspect I wish they would have explored further is we we got just a brief mention of you know the the seamen let's yeah. call them cr- crewmen the crew the, the crew. crew the yeah the ship's crew the ship crew the <laughs> the ships the ships you get you get a brief moment of the crew blaming each other right right well this. This horrible thing happened while there was only one other person around. So it must have been them. Must have been them, yeah. this horrible thing happened and, oh, that guy must have been drunk and that's what happened. Mm -hmm. Or this such and such happened. Well, you're the one that reported it, so you must have done it yourself. Right. And I kind of wish that they would have explored that a little bit further because... Like the distrust amongst each other? Exactly. And I I think that that's... I think that could have added to the horror a little bit. Yeah. Is sowing that distrust amongst the crew, right? Um, and and spending a little bit more time just exploring that relationship um, mm-hmm. within the crew of who can we trust? And I and right. I kind of wish they would have told the story to the audience in right. in a way as well. Yeah, where I mean, we all know where it's going, right? It's a vampire movie. It's a right. Dracula movie. Yeah. We know that they're literally trapped on a boat. The entire right. movie. What the, what the hell do you think is going to happen? But it would have been cool at least a little bit for us to see some things that were unexplained before the That's monster true. was revealed right. to us. And or, it, right. It, they didn't have to wait long. The, we know that the monster is there. Yeah. Um, and they did seem at times even a little a little hesitant to reveal the monster's full form to us. Right. Um, right. Which... In a movie like this, you don't really have to be like show us more. Yeah, like because you could do some really cool things with you know like practical effects. And oh yeah, prosthetics with a creature like this. And they do actually and utilize do. quite a few prosthetics. They, and, they and for like, sure do like actual costume design. But which part is of really me was cool. like show it off. Like let us. Yeah right. Like, like if you're not gonna hide it from us, then mm-hmm. let us see it. Right. Like, and they they don't like seem intent to hide it, but they also don't seem intent to full like you said to like fully show it right yeah like in all its glory except for like a couple of shots maybe yeah kind of near the end um as you know for the audience it's like we already know like what are you hiding from us right we we know what we're dealing with here yeah you can you know what we're getting out of this you can create that uh you can create that tension amongst the crew but like right we already know so like show us something it would something amazing i guess (laughs) yeah It would have been cool to see a little bit more of like that, the idea of like the descent into madness, like feeling so hopeless that you, you have no other option but to go insane basically and just see how the crew deals with those people who are, but then again, I think the, the, the trade-off we get is that there are, there aren't enough people on the boat to like make those, those plot, those storylines or those those narrative ideas kind of fully fleshed out. And also you run into the problem of if you get more people on the boat, the Dracula has to kill more people. And like the size of the crew is kind of like perfect for the story that yeah, they're trying sure. to tell. That's a good point. And you do get a little bit of the, like the idea of like the descent into madness and like how it impacts a character, like with Liam Cunningham's character. Yeah. Near the end. He, his, uh, the last, the last good last, like 
30 minutes of what he deals with. He obviously is very, um, very much in a bad place mentally. Yeah. And you can see it. And, and Liam Cunningham portrays it very well. He did, he did a, he did a really good job. I feel most like of, most of the cast is really, really well casted. I like, I think Corey Hawkins does a great job. Yeah. Uh, what is uh, his name? Um, David Dastmalchian, who plays the, what is it? The first 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 mate. First mate. Is I that think. what they call yeah. the, the captain's second uh, in command? The captain's husband. The captain. No, 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 no. No, the captain's the, the captain's. Yeah, um, I think that's him. Sister wife. Oh yeah 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 oh oh, oh. even I will I I want to give a little bit of a shout out to yeah. uh, Javier Botet who played Dracula. Okay. Um, yeah. He he was like. He did a very good job of portraying the physical features of Dracula. Oh and yeah, he, he is kind of a tall, lanky guy. I was curious, mm-hmm. so I looked it up. Oh, okay, he's six foot seven. Oh, which is there you go. a great like. That's kind of what you need to play Dracula, right? Someone who's just not like overwhelmingly bigger than you, but just big enough that when you see them, you're like as a like we're what I'm like six two. You're six one. Six yeah. one. Like we're tall people. Like we're bigger than like average. But to see someone like that, you go. Oh shit! Had, but you're yeah. not like oh that guy's yeah, gonna they kill ha- me. You they just they have like, to be big oh, enough man, wow. for you to notice it, like just in, just just, just enough to be out of the ordinary enough for you to be like right, exactly right. That guy's kind of that guy's kind of big, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. Right. Cool. All I, right. Go about my day. I was thinking during the movie. I was like, has in my head, mm-hmm. Liam Cunningham has played every single ship captain ever. In every movie, like you know what I'm saying, like, like he has the perfect. He, he's just face. perfect for that movie. His face, right? His facial hair. By the, way the way, the way his facial hair grows, the way he speaks. You look at it and you think that guy captains a ship. Exactly. So that guy is 100 like, a ship captain. Listen, I don't even know if he has played a ship captain before. But, I don't think. He but has. in my head, I was like, oh, I've seen this guy in yeah. this role a hundred times. In your head, you're like. He's done this before, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. He's lived this before, hasn't yeah. he? I mean, he he was great. Even um I don't oh, I don't know how to pronounce that name. Aisling Aisling Franciosi. The the girl who played Anna, yes. um she was also very good. I think her character had a few her character was kind of flawed and it's yeah. no fault of her own. She no. she played the character very well. Mm-hmm. Um there are some holes I guess in the story of that character that I would like to be filled. Right. Um I think her her but character overall, arc, she did a good job. Her character arc I think does come to like a satisfying conclusion. Yes. It it's like the most logical ending for her character like the way her story kind of plays out at the end it's like kind of inevitable and she even like alludes to her fate being inevitable. Yeah. And it's it's a very like it honestly reminded me of like the way they dealt with some people's fates in Midnight Mass. Yeah, yeah, 100%. They they utilize sunrise. Almost exactly. They utilize sunrise very well in this movie in terms of like its placement throughout the narrative and just the way like the color scheme influences the sequence of shots that you get. Right, like there are some beautiful shots during that are set during the sunrise on the ship. Well, and, and some of my favorite moments in the movie. What's interesting too is the way that they don't use it's the absence of sunset because it's almost right. like you don't get a warning for the darkness. Right, like it's it's going to be sunrise. Right, and before you even notice it, yeah, it's going to be dark. You yeah. got no warning, and now you're just hoping for. Yeah. sunrise again like that's you, your like the clock is ticking to sunrise you're right. counting down to sunrise for better or for worse in mm-hmm. some cases yeah but guess what 
once again, it's going to get dark quickly. So yeah, prepare yourself. Yeah, right. Get ready. So that is super interesting. There's some, some uh-huh. really cool thematic elements there. Oh, yeah. I think there's some, just some really, like, the movie takes itself seriously, which I think, like, after having, like, watched so many, like, summer films that are, like, these big budget, like, blockbuster movies that do, like, the Marvel sort of thing with humor, despite being more serious projects or stories. Like, it was kind of nice to see a movie that, like, took itself seriously, but wasn't, like, over-serious. Yeah. Like, it was just, it was, it it took a very good tone throughout the runtime. It never felt tonally jarring or, like, they were trying to throw in one-liners or, like, have that quippy character that everyone was, you know, found funny. It was just a very straightforward idea in terms of yeah. tone and how the characters like no actually smiling, no laughing, just right. Dracula. It's a very sad. <laughs> it's a very sad. Movie. It is. And like, there's the, a lot of sad shit that happens in this movie. The, the the brief moments of of levity, I guess, yeah. come from just interactions with the crew, right? As you would expect, if there's however many like seven, eight people living on a ship together for a month, right? Right. Yeah, they're gonna poke fun at each other. They're yeah. gonna jab, take jabs at each other. But at the same time, there are also gonna be moments where they're all just sitting there in silence, and they're like, "Okay, somebody say something." Right. right? Someone's, so someone's got to do something here. There, the interactions between the crew seemed, you know, pretty natural. Yeah. Um, none of that was forced, and I think there was, there was some wasted dialogue. And in a movie like this, I feel like there's always going to be. Yeah. And not wasted in the sense that it was used improperly. Just sometimes mm. there was speaking when there didn't need to be. Right. Um, right. But also, once again, that's going to happen. Yeah. How many times do you talk to somebody and you're like, oh, how's the weather today? Right? right. Like there's there's yeah. always going to be some moments like that. Right. Not, of course. Not every conversation is important. Right. Right. But in a two-hour film, you could probably cut back on on some of those things. You could. Yeah, rely on the scenery a little bit more to yeah. get you where you need to go. Especially when you're on Feel a that. ship, which is fucking terrifying. Scary as fuck. By the way, dude. And those yeah. those ships, though, are beautiful. Oh, they're so, Absolutely so beautiful. beautiful. I would love to like actually tour a ship from that era. Yeah, I wouldn't like, want to go. I wouldn't want to set sail on one. No, not necessarily. Like, maybe you can like sail me from like a dock to a dock. Like, where a, I can like, see land the whole like time. Like, across, like, if we're like in a bay. Yeah. You could yeah, just yeah, sail yeah. across the bay so I can see, see land how it the feels, whole time. Maybe? Just to see what it feels like. Yeah. You know, I don't want to go out into rough, choppy seas on a massive piece of wood. I've been on rough, choppy seas on a small, smaller piece of wood. Yeah. And it's <laughs> terrifying. You know? You have? Yeah. What are you talking like, about? Like, I've gone, I've gone on like, uh, like deep sea fishing. Oh yeah, gone, yeah. Like, okay. Went whale watching. Oh, that's kind of sick. And it's sweet, but yeah. like those ships, dude, sway so much. And all I'm thinking about yeah. is like, how does the captain and the crew like put mm-hmm. up with this all the time? I'm sure I don't it's something know. you get you get used to. Yeah, you get your sea legs. When I was on that whale watching to tour, the like yeah. the crew who was like guiding it, they were like, "Hey, if you gotta throw up, throw up." off the ship but she was straight up she was like we've all been there like if it happens dude it's not a big deal it happens right but also like dude i don't think i could ever get used to that where like and in this movie they even show it like the scenes where like dudes are just sleeping yeah a big wave hits and they roll off their bed because like 
you're right, just, they just constantly just, just getting to tossed around by yeah. these giant ass waves. I've never had I've never had problem with the water. A problem with like rough waters or like choppy like and I've been out in I've been out in the ocean. I've been out in all sorts of conditions on all different bodies of water. I never ever have a pro- like I feel like I have really strong sea legs. Yeah. It's never until I get off and you feel I, like you're still moving. And I feel like I'm still moving. Yeah. That's when I get sick. That's when yeah. I feel sick is when I'm like I like I got uh I did a lake day uh, a couple weekends ago. I woke up the next morning and I like stood up out of bed and I was like Holy shit, my yeah. legs feel weird right yeah. now, dude, man. Well, dude, imagine spending two weeks I know. on a boat and then a month. coming back to land. Imagine spending a month yeah, or on more. a boat or more dude, or longer. Yeah. I think when I was deep deep sea fishing, it wasn't so bad. It was yeah. pretty clear. I was uh-huh. I was pretty young when I did that. Yeah. I feel like maybe you get worse on boats as you get older. The older you get. Could but you be. also have yeah. to, I, I wonder too if it's like a distraction thing. Like if you have stuff to do, if you have stuff to focus on. Yeah. Then maybe it won't hit you. Quite maybe it as won't bad hit you as, as quite if you're as just hard. Like sitting there. Right. You right. ever been on a cruise? Never on a cruise. No. Yeah, I went on a cruise once, and truthfully, I'm not like not itching to go back. What's like, it like to live in wealth, Dom? Dude, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> um, <sighs> I don't know. Like, did you see the Hope Diamond yeah. on board, <laughs> bitch? <laughs> oh, my point is. Yes, sorry. It's cool, but like, it's not like I'd rather just go somewhere cool, right? Than be on than a boat. Be stuck on a boat where it's like you wake up in a cool city and then you're there for a day and then you leave and then you go and then you spend else. four days at sea. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just not not your not your idea of a good like of it's a great it's time. not super intriguing. I, no. I know people that love it. Not generally, just, I do too. It's, like it's like that's their thing, right? Like you know like, what? Because cruise people like. There are cruise people. Yes. You know? And like, by the way, those people suck. But <laughs> it's not even like it's not even just people that like to travel. Like there are No. There are people they, that like to travel yes. and then there are cruise people. Then there are people that just like going on cruises. Right. What the fuck? Dom? It's a different breed, man. And you know what? I, I think too, like the <laughs> cruise ships you go on now probably are way more sturdy and steady oh, yeah, than sure. like the Demeter. Like imagine being on the Demeter <laughs> as opposed to like a nice brand new cruise ship. Yeah. I bet you that's a much different experience riding I, in the car riding I in, bet you're right. Dude. Riding in the, the, the cargo area of that ship than the yeah. cargo area of a fucking <laughs> Caribbean cruise liner that's five thousand feet long and can hold a hundred thousand people in it. Yeah. Jesus I think, Christ. Oh my gosh. Well what anyway. Do you, what do you think, Gus? Dom, I liked this movie. I liked it a lot, more than I expected I would, yeah. especially. I didn't expect much, and then I came out of it. Coming out with more I, than I than what I expected was, was kind of nice. I enjoyed a lot of the characterizations. I thought the cast did a very good job. I thought it was well-directed. Yeah. It looked really good. It did look great. It was a very, you know, creepy movie. And it told a version, it gave us a version of Dracula that we don't usually get. Yeah, which I like. I like the different. I like the different type of Dracula that we get in this movie, as opposed to just kind of the same old beats of him seducing people and then killing them, and yeah. then that just being the whole, the whole story the whole time. Like I like the idea of getting something a little more basic and a little more terrifying for it because of that. Yeah, yeah. So you have a rating? I'd give it a B. All right. I, like I think it's it's just a very good, well made horror movie with some B-movie tropes that yeah. 
plays in its favor sometimes and sometimes doesn't. I think it's a solid B. I think that we are in a <clears throat> we're in a good era for monster movies. Yeah, we really are. Yeah, I think um, so. There's been some very good ones over the last few years. Mm-hmm. I think that we are finally, and I mentioned this kind of at the top of our recording, I think we're finally moving away from the Twilight era of vampires. Yes. And even like the, and I, I've never watched a lot of it, but even like the True Blood era, between True Blood and, and Twilight, right? vampires were, and I guess this kind of goes to your point of how they, they do kind of seduce their victims into being victims. Yeah. But vampires are like, Sometimes like weirdly sexualized. Yeah, am I wrong for you know like what, thinking that? Like, you know what? Two things haven't done that recently: Midnight Mass. Yeah, in this movie. So I, I think it's kind of a it's it's kind of a refreshing change for it is. for just the vampire genre. Yeah, um, because we went through kind of we went through decades where vampires were really they were no longer scary. They were yeah, they, they were, were made to somehow like. They were made to be appealing, which is like, weird. Like sexy scary. Like which sexy is scary. Weird. And guess what? That never scared me. You know what scares I ain't the shit out of me? Scared of you, me? Edward Cullen? A motherfucking vampiric monster that can fly and just sucks blood out of every single thing in its path. That is scary as That's fuck. That's scary as fuck. That's scary. Not some fucking good looking fucking lady with pure white skin and blonde hair. And dude, sparkling and in the sun? Fuck no. Fuck you. You know what? You get exposed to sun, you light on fire and die. Okay? Maybe be a little more careful next time. Yeah. Yeah. Bitch. Also way scarier when, when people get exposed to sun and they just catch on fire and die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Like I, the, think, I think... It's I terrifying. Think, I think catching on fire is a lot scarier than being bedazzled. Yeah. You know? Looking like a, 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 a vajazzled <laughs> vampire. You're vajazzled. I think on that note, I'm going to rate this movie. I was kind of thinking like C plus B minus. Yeah. Um, and again, it's not like it was an enjoyable movie. It was fun. Yeah. I like the direction that they took with a story like this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to your point, this wasn't, you know, this movie didn't get all the resources in the world. Right. And I think that they did a great job. You know, with what they were given, with what they were given, mm-hmm. and with the amount of effort they were expected to put forth, it, it did exceed my oh, yeah. expectations. Um, because movies like this can go downhill really fast. Oh yeah. Oh, um, yeah. and so yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't perfect. There was there was definitely some holes in it, but overall, it was it was a fun movie. Just a um, fun time. Don't you know? I don't know that I need to go see it again. Um, you saw it twice. What I did? did. You, were you happier with it the second time? Were you glad I, I felt, that you? I know you were glad to see it again because you went with me, and it was kind of like a, kind of like a date. Yeah, kind of, kind of. And um, I don't, I don't do those ever because we didn't, I'm well, lonely. We didn't, but, we didn't hold hands. No, of course not. We, 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 we only touched feet, Dom. We did not, and that's not weird. It's no, it's not weird because you know Everybody you like cross your foot over your leg, you accidentally yeah. brush up on the person. I go, ah, oh, hey, sorry, sorry, uh, man, my sorry. Bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah. But in my head, I'm like, oh, I haven't touched you. <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I go, hey, sorry, man. <sighs> so, sorry, man. Didn't mean nothing by it. So did you... Oh, my God. Did you like it? <laughs> did you like it better the second time around? Um, I don't know that I necessarily liked it better the second time, but how I felt about it after the first time was still intact. Okay. Like, yeah. I still felt like I really enjoyed it. It would be like if we were doing a horror night and I wanted to watch something vampire-related... 
I would put that in over um, almost yeah. every other vampire yeah, horror that's movie a great point. that's come out in the last 15 years. Yeah, this is a good, I feel like this is a good like Halloween season, like yeah. watch at home type of movie. Yep. Hundred percent. Um, it's. I mean, it's enjoyable. So if you like that kind of thing, if you're a if you're a horror fan, if you like these mm-hmm. like kind of classic monster movies, yes, yeah. Um, I think yeah, I think you'd enjoy it. I think so too. I've never read the source material, so I, I haven't can't, either. I can't speak I to should. that. Probably should. Probably won't. Maybe want. Probably not. I've heard it's kind of a dense read. Mm. And I'm not. And I'm kind of dense. And I'm, so those yeah, two that's things the thing. don't I'm, mix. I am dense, and for me to get through a dense read is just too much density. Because then you have to overcome, either you have to overcome your density or yes. you have to outdense the density. The density of the... And I don't know if that's going to happen either way. Yeah. So No, probably not. Um, anyway. Anyway. Dom. It's a good day. It's a good day to have a great day, Gus. It's all, yeah. You know what? It always It's always a good day to have a great day. Yeah, I'd and agree with that. In order to make your day truly great, why not go to Facebook? Yep. Um, Instagram. Instagram. We are Front Row Podcast on all platforms. Look up Front Row Podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud. Um, we are pretty much everywhere that you can find podcasts. Um, leave us reviews. Also, leave that's, us reviews. If that's you super can. helpful with the uh, the algorithm. It helps as the algorithm. They say more people reviewing it. Even if you just leave us a three star review. Yeah, good that point. goes such a long way. Yeah, it goes so far in helping us. And if you do leave a three star review, though, all I ask is that you maybe tell us why. Don't have to, but I don't give it. Like people who give us five stars, great, thanks, get the fuck out of here. But people who don't <laughs> give us five stars, who are like, eh, it's okay, or three to two, two to three, like, eh, you know, fifty fifty. You guys. better be able to back it up. Like you better be able to hustle your evidence <laughs> and show me the receipts, because I want to know why. I want to know. <laughs> Five stars, great. I love and appreciate you, but I don't care about your opinion as much as I care about the people that hate me, okay? That's a, listen, kind of a weird take, but you're not wrong. You're not yeah. wrong at all. Um, you can also email us. So if you're, oh, yeah. listen, if you're scared to voice your opinion in public by leaving a review and writing down your thoughts, you can also email us. You can. You can. You can hide behind your keyboard. And give your give yourself a fake name and email us. Say call me by this name if you ever read my note, <laughs> and we'll do it. If your name is Brad but you want to go by Jimmy, we'll call you Jimmy. Longtime listener, first time emailer. Yeah, um, your podcast sucks. Whatever you want, you can email yeah. us at frontrowmedia one at gmail Hell yeah. Um, we we don't like check that super often because guess what? We don't get emails. We don't get emails. We get a bunch of junk mail. We get a bunch of junk mail. Yeah, um, naturally, of course. And that's fine. Crazy. I wish those junk mailers would leave a review. I wish they would leave us alone. <laughs> Great point. But you know what? So maybe you'll be always, the first yeah. to email us. Maybe you'll be the first one to ever email us. The point us. is we don't expect it, but it is an option yeah. for you. And if you don't want to do it, then DM us on Facebook. I get that's probably a little more 21st century view to do. Hip. A little more hip. That's what the, the, little that's more what the people do. Standard. A little more standard. Yeah. Well, that's all we have for today. Um, look forward to more reviews in the future. I don't really know what's coming up next. I yeah, I don't know either. Um, eventually we'll we'll do a couple of movies or something. Yeah. Eventually we'll we'll review a movie. Eventually. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, this was a movie review, so there are there are movies. Technically, we're doing a movie review right now. There, Sorry. There, yeah, so there are, there are movies, <sighs> um, and we have a podcast, so... We do. Anyway. And we talk about them 
here. Talk to you. Well, so, yeah. Yeah. Mostly here. Mm-hmm. I don't know where we're going with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, man. All right, Dom. All right, Gus. We'll see you in the next one.